Thank you for joining me for today's Beast Watch News Update. News from the Internet's most comprehensive Bible prophecy news website, BeastWatchNews.com. I'm Kimberly Rogers Brown. News has been fast and furious, and this report is packed. Before I start, I want to say that Beastwatch News has experienced record-breaking sign-ups this week. There are a lot of new people listening. To them, I explain that I am not a prophet, but a Kingdom of Yahweh reporter and prophecy news analyst. This news reports where the iniquity is, where all men and women on the political right and left are failing to live up to Yeshua's kingdom standard. Truly, the Jerusalem report is unbiased because it does not come from a religious or political perspective. Yeshua Yahweh Elohim's scripture is the same from beginning to end. His end times plan is revealed in the beginning, according to Isaiah 46.10. Yahweh's word definitions do not change from beginning to end, because He does not change. It is only from the first use definition that we can understand the last use. The scripture is the kingdom's history, and prophecy is history repeated. Now, let's understand how we got here this week, so we can know where we are going next week and beyond. The backlash against Donald Trump is not limited to America's political divide. It is international. Additional information has come to light this week about the forces conspiring against Donald Trump and 74 million American voters. The American liberal left enlisted the help of China to rig the 2020 election, but not just China. The European Union, Italy, and other international actors were used, and they did so for a defunct, or so we thought, administration, the Obama administration. Jeremiah 51:46 says, And lest your heart faint, and you fear for the rumor that shall be heard in the land, a rumor shall both come one year, and after that in another year shall come a rumor and violence in the land ruler against ruler the 2016 election year resulted in rumors and allegations against President Donald Trump and now in another election year Jeremiah's prophecy is being fulfilled America is indeed seeing the fulfillment of ruler against ruler there is a political and prophetic background to the rise of usurper Barack Obama to the White House. He was groomed by the New World Order to bring chaos to America and the world so they could continue with their agenda of putting the world under Satan's control. Some think Obama went rogue, but he didn't. He is following the New World Order playbook. But now they've renamed themselves globalists, and their agenda is no longer called Agenda 21, but the Great Reset. The globalists are trying to achieve a world without borders, where there are only two classes of people, them, the oligarch rulers, and everyone else. And thus, they must destroy American ideals. The first ideal to be destroyed is the older generation's American exceptionalism. This ideal was taught from World War II, but it really came to life from the Ronald Reagan to George W. Bush generation. Barack Obama changed that. He changed it by introducing a new kind of American exceptionalism, one with a different and new definition. The Reagan era touted an America with high ideals and high standards for Americans to live up to, qualities to strive for. But Obama touted an America full of faults, with the idea that acknowledging American faults 
is what would make America even more exceptional than it had been and qualify him to be the world's leader. Faults like that all Americans did not make exactly the same amount of money. Faults like education inequality wherein all F students from grade school to college were not given an A because someone in their class made an A regardless of the work involved. If someone in the class makes an A, then all students should make an A even though F students are lazy or incompetent. The way to achieve equality under Obama's model is for everyone to be graded the same and everyone to make the same amount of money. In other words, according to Obama, America's biggest fault was that it was not equal. There was no social justice. The American playing field was not flat enough. More important is that at no time did Obama reveal that his agenda was to change America from democracy to communism. People knew it and some of us reported our opinions that was his agenda. We now know that is where he was headed and where America is now headed under a new Obama administration with Joe Biden as president. The Democrats picked up Obama's fault-filled exceptional America and ran with it. They began to legislate equality. They redefined equality over time so that it now crosses gender lines. People are only equal now when they no longer have gender. Read this latest article from Israel Unwired to see how Biden plans to implement racial equality. Christian Clark, Joe Biden's nominee for the Justice Department Civil Rights Division, is an undergraduate at Harvard who says black brains contain large amounts of neuromelanin, making them superior to whites physically, mentally, and spiritually. The Republicans have not changed. They are still on the America with high ideals and standards track. This is the America which the whole world wants to immigrate to. No one in the world says, oh, if I could just get to Nigeria, everything would be okay. No. Everyone says, oh, if I could just get to America, everything would be okay. Obama's fault-based ideology has pushed the two political parties further and further apart since 2008 under the auspices of social justice. There is a caveat to the Obama Democrats' social justice. It isn't scriptural in any way. Here is the definition of social justice. You'll recognize Obama, Clinton, and Biden's political platforms. Social justice is the relation of balance between individuals and society measured by comparing distribution of wealth differences from personal liberties to fair privilege opportunities. In Western as well as in older Asian cultures, the concept of social justice has often been referred to as the process of ensuring that individuals fulfill their societal roles and receive what was their due from society. In addition, the current global grassroots movements for social justice, the emphasis has been on the breaking of barriers for social mobility, the creation of safety nets and economic justice. Social justice assigns rights and duties in the institutions of society, which enables people to receive the basic benefits and burdens of cooperation. The relevant institutions often include taxation, social insurance, public health, public school, public services, labor law, and regulation of markets to ensure fair distribution of wealth and equal opportunity. Well, folks, that is the definition of Maoist Chinese communism as well. The Obama era is the era of turning away from democracy to pivot 
toward communism. The Obama administration was on track to fix America's faults with Hillary Clinton continuing on that path from 2016 forward. She was supposed to continue Obama's Asian communist pivot toward social justice, exchanging the ideal of basic human equality and equal opportunity from the Lyndon Johnson era with a new era of equity. Obama called America a dynamic, evolving, pressing, expanding, self-critical experiment. Obama's new model for American exceptionalism follows the track of the Eastern Maoist communism. Maoism, or Mao Zedong thought, is a variety of Marxism-slash-Leninism that Mao Zedong developed for realizing a socialist revolution in the agricultural pre-industrial society of the Republic of China and later the People's Republic of China. The philosophical difference between Maoism and Marxism-slash-Leninism is that the peasantry are the revolutionary vanguard in pre-industrial societies rather than the proletariat. This updating and adaptation of Marxism-slash-Leninism to Chinese conditions in which revolutionary praxis is primary and ideological orthodoxy is secondary represents urban Marxism-slash-Leninism adapted to pre-industrial China. The claim that Mao Zedong had adapted Marxism-slash-Leninism to Chinese conditions evolved into the idea that he had updated it in a fundamental way applying to the world as a whole. There is more than a peasant-led vanguard in Maoism. Marxism allows for religion to exist while not being part of a Marxist country's official ideology. Religion continued and still does exist in Russia. But Maoism rejects all religion. This is the ideology that Barack Obama brought to American politics. The Maoist model was supposed to continue under Hillary Clinton. But then something happened. Something unthinkable. Donald Trump, not Hillary Clinton, won the 2016 election. In wanting to make America great again, Trump implicitly said that it is not currently great and never was exceptional. At least that's the view from the left. Senator Ted Cruz, in a speech declaring his intention to run for president, described an American exceptionalism that has made this nation a clarion voice for freedom in the world, a shining city on a hill, and worried that under Obama that vision is slipping away from our hands. I often wrote in Beastwatch News starting in 2009 about Obama's imperialist ambitions. Being president of the greatest nation on earth was not enough for him, and he began to further wedge the world into two factions, East and West, for the purpose of making himself king of the Western world. One way Obama began to divvy up the world into East and West was through the Transatlantic Free Trade Agreement and the Transatlantic Trade and Investment Partnership and the Trans-Pacific Partnership Treaties. These treaties were never ratified, but his efforts led to a Chinese partnership with the Obama-led Democrats and with some European leaders helping Obama to interfere in the U.S. 2020 election to help Biden. Furthermore, Obama tried to remove Russia as a superpower by splitting Ukraine from Russia during his time in office. Ukraine's territory is to Russia what Syria is to the Middle East, gas and oil pipeline hubs. The Bush administration instigated 9-11 to use as an excuse to get the U.S. into a territorial war in Iraq that could expand into Syria. Iraq was where the U.S. and European big oil boys had their oil and gas drilling investments, and Syria was the hub through which they shipped their oil and gas to market. 
Bush and his cronies were interested in the money, but Obama was interested in power, in becoming the king of the world. I reported throughout his eight years seizing the Oval Office that he wanted to rule and reign from Jerusalem. To that end, he expanded wars in the Middle East, instigated the Arab Spring uprising to overthrow Bashar al-Assad of Syria, and started a new war with Russia to knock Russia out of the economic game. It didn't work. Under Obama, the U.S. and Russia started into a new cold war over the Ukraine territory that brought Russia's oil and gas to market. The loss of Ukraine would also have landlocked Russia to keep it away from the Black Sea ports. Ukraine split from Russia, lost the Crimean Peninsula and the Donbass region, but became a member of the European Union. Ukraine's EU membership has put it permanently at odds with Russia and Russia at odds with Barack Obama. Herein lies the problem for the 2016 election. Russia did not want a continuance of Obama's policies. It is possible that Russia supported Donald Trump's election bid, but I won't go into this right now. Support and interference are two different things. Now, let's turn to Obama's China pivot. Obama had six diplomatic priorities in his eight-year term. Among them was a strategy of returning to the Asia-Pacific, shifting a focus which had been on Europe for 200 years to Asia, or from the Atlantic to the Pacific. Obama proclaims himself America's first Pacific president. Behind this title, China is a direct factor. He did not accomplish this in his eight years, but was determined to continue this pivot during Clinton's presidency. After she lost, Obama immediately set up a compound in D.C. where his staff would work after Trump took office in 2017. That a former president would do this was unprecedented. Rumors said Valerie Jarrett had moved in with the Obamas. The truth was that former Obama staffers were using the compound to fight Trump for the next four years. The Obamas needed to live in D.C. to have direct and frequent access to their Democratic cronies. It was during this time that the Obama administration reached out to China. Here's an excerpt from TheAtlantic.com. On September 20th, 2016, Barack Obama had told the UN General Assembly that at this moment we all face a choice. We can choose to press forward with a better model of cooperation and integration, or we can retreat into a world sharply divided and ultimately in conflict along age-old lines of nation and tribe and race and religion. 364 days later, Trump delivered America's answer, option number two. His speech to the UN turned Obama's on its head. Obama focused on overcoming the various challenges, poverty, economic dislocation, bigotry, extremism, that impede global integration, a term he used nine times. Trump didn't use the term once. Obama used the word international 14 times, always positively. International norms, international cooperation, international rules, international community. Trump used it three times, in each case negatively. Unaccountable international tribunals, international criminal networks, the assassination of the dictator's brother using banned nerve agents in an international airport. Obama warned of a world sharply divided along age-old lines of nation and tribe and race and religion. By the way, nation and tribe are biblical terms. Trump replied by praising sovereignty or invoking sovereign no fewer than 19 times. And while he didn't explicitly defend divisions of tribe and race and religion, 
He talked about the importance of nations preserving the cultures. Trump was undoing Obama's aligning the U.S. with Maoist communism, and Obama was irate about it and got busy destroying Trump. Over the four years that Trump has been in office, Obama whipped up the Maoist communist model, instigated George Soros-funded organizations like Antifa and Black Lives Matter to do violence at every turn so Trump could be blamed, and continued his agenda in Congress towards social justice to undermine America's original constitutional model. Pelosi was Obama's biggest asset there. With Hillary Clinton not running for president in 2020, Obama had to finally and reluctantly throw his weight behind a candidate that he knew was inept, Joe Biden. For one thing, it wasn't just Biden's ineptness that was a problem, but his very public connections to China. The Obama administration need not worry, though. The four years that he had to grab power from underneath Trump with the CIA, FBI, and other intelligence agencies, along with the State Department and Department of Justice, was all that was needed to keep the American public from finding out about Hunter and Joe Biden's China deals. Despite Trump's continual attempts to get Americans and the government that should have been serving him, not Obama, to look at the connection between Obama's Ukraine-slash-Russia mess and China, no one would pay attention. All of this is to the detriment of conservative Americans who will now suffer under Biden, who will continue Obama's Maoist drive. You know, those FEMA camps that Obama built during his eight years in office are for the purpose of putting any and all Americans who are dissenters to those policies away behind the re-education and death camp walls. And it's starting with congressmen now. The Obama-Biden administration is getting ready to start chopping from the head, starting with Trump, to those in Congress who support the Constitution, all the way down to John Q. Public and those who support Trump. That bit of recall that I've just done for you has been to help us understand what happened to split the new world order into East China and West America under Barack Obama, which has set the world up for the coming tribulation. This brings us to where we are now and shows us the direction in which America is headed under the Obama-led Biden administration. The American defeat. Trump is out. Members of Congress want not to merely remove him from office, but to bar him from ever holding public office again. Unless he has a plan to take over Washington, D.C. on Biden's inauguration day, he's out. The 10,000 National Guard troops he authorized to protect the streets of D.C. are now fully armed with lethal weapons, according to Politico. The reason for the lethal weapons is because of the numerous threats of violence being made against Biden's inauguration, according to official news reports. If there is any hope left of Trump keeping his just place in the White House, having these troops on the streets with orders to arrest the Maoists, including Barack Obama, who is likely to attend the inauguration, is the last hope. Senators Ted Cruz and Lynn Wood are being castigated as traitors in Congress. Last Thursday, Cruz said the terrorist attack was a horrific assault on our democracy, and he and his wife were lifting up in prayer the family of U.S. Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick, who died after suffering a stroke while trying to stop the mob that invaded the Capitol building. Cruz led a group of senators who challenged the election results. Many have accused Cruz of inciting violence for casting doubt over Biden's win. Cruz's communications director has resigned and he is facing a potential congressional censure as Democrats and even some Republicans have accused him of being partially responsible for what happened at the Capitol.
Cruz's communications director, Lauren Blair Bianchi, resigned because she was reportedly unhappy with the direction the office had taken following Cruz's opposition to Congress's January 6th certification of President-elect Joe Biden's Electoral College win. The infiltration of Maoism up to the highest levels of the United States is simply astounding. A petition is circulating calling for Senator Ted Cruz to be disbarred for his objections to certifying President-elect Joe Biden's win. This week, a Delaware Superior Court judge said Lynn Wood is not of sufficient character to be allowed to practice law in Delaware. The judge revoked Wood's right to represent ex-Trump aide Carter Page in his defamation suit stemming from the Mueller investigation. The city of Detroit has called for pro-Trump attorneys Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood to be disbarred in Michigan for spreading objectively false allegations. The war on conservative and religious Americans that Obama planned to continue under Hillary Clinton's administration is already underway again, even before Clinton's replacement, Joe Biden takes office. The problem is that this time the Chinese government will have a direct hand in killing Americans in FEMA camps, not an indirect one, because Obama had no choice but to bring China into American politics and use China to infiltrate America at the highest levels in both the Democratic and Republican parties. They bought off everyone they could who would throw Trump under the bus, including, I believe, Mike Pence. Persecuting Republicans for being Republicans is in play in Congress. Multiple Democrats raised the idea Monday that House chairs should keep any legislation co-sponsored by anti-certification Republicans from seeing the light of day. They are also discussing removing the names of those Republicans from bill reintroductions, the latest instance of how pro-Trump Republicans are facing a reckoning in Washington. Democratic committee aides were split on the issue on Monday, with some cautioning that their panel chairs were unlikely to go so far. But in the wake of last week's electoral challenge and deadly riots, many lawmakers' offices are already rethinking arrangements to co-sponsor certain pieces of legislation across the aisle, according to multiple Democratic sources. It's also prompted questions about how to proceed, if at all, with future collaboration. The Democrats have a majority in both houses now. Under Biden's election win, they have the power to make America into a one-party state, like China is a one-party state. Yes, I know. China has multiple political parties. It's just that the CCP is going about the business of murdering everyone in those other political parties. You know, people like billionaire Jack Ma, who has recently mysteriously disappeared, and many of the other billionaires in China who build their companies only to have the CCP kill them to take over those companies. The attacks by the Maoist communist left on the Marxist Kabbalist right as dissenters who are losing their social media voices and their jobs over their political views has just begun. The last four years has seen China get its hands on unclassified United States security secrets. Where do you think China's access came from? How about Barack Obama himself, who likely opened the doors for espionage and security hackings by China, not Russia? I believe Russia may have been involved in the recent hacks because of Russia's new defense treaty with China, but it has been Obama and China all along. 
Trump, Linwood, and others are not the only ones losing their right to use social media. American citizens are being stripped of their right to speak freely. Maoist policy under Obama-Biden. The Maoist left calls America's right to free speech pollution that needs to be cleaned up. This MSN article is not the only one saying this. The sentiment is broad and virtually agreed to in all of the leftist media. Left-winger Whitney Phillips writes, If democracy is a river or a forest or a pristine meadow, then social media platforms are a factory spewing toxic pollutants into it. Even if you block the new effluent pollution that has already escaped, won't just go away. It needs to be cleaned up. The real thing that we have to deal with long term is how these platforms didn't just allow, but actively incentivized the spreading of this pollution. For years and years and years and years it was allowed to build up in the environment for so long such that you now have this enormous percentage of the population that has really internalized so much of this pollution, she says. You can take away parlor, but that's not going to take away the belief in tens of millions of people that the election was stolen. She's right. It won't. What will? How about this? How about this to get that idea out of the tens of millions of people that the election was stolen? How about this? It has gotten so bad that PBS's top lawyer says DHS should put Trump supporters' children in re-education camps. In an undercover video released by Project Veritas, PBS Principal Counselor Michael Beller suggested that the Department of Homeland Security should take Trump supporters' horrible kids, that's what he called them, away and put them in re-education camps. Even if Biden wins, we go for all the Republican voters and Homeland Security will take their children away, said Beller. Beller said that the Enlightenment camps would be child-friendly, explaining that they would have Sesame Street characters in the classrooms where the children would watch PBS all day. Kids are growing up knowing nothing but Trump for four years. You've got to wonder what they're going to be like growing up. Are we raising a generation of intolerable, horrible people, horrible kids, said Beller. When asked what he would do if Joe Biden had lost the 2020 U.S. election, he said he would go to the White House and throw Molotov cocktails. What's great, he continues, is that COVID is spiking in all the red states right now. He's getting this glee, you see. So that's great, said Beller. Because those people won't come out to vote for Trump. You know, the red states, or a lot of them are sick and dying. Woohoo! according to Beller. Americans are so effing dumb, he said. You know, most people are dumb. It's good to live in a place, Washington, D.C., where people are educated and know stuff. Could you imagine if you lived in one of these other towns or cities where everybody's just stupid? Last, but certainly not least for the amount of time I have for this broadcast, conservative commentator and former baseball star Kurt Schilling says that AIG canceled his insurance policy over his social media profile. That's a new level of deplatforming not yet seen. Folks, this should scare you so bad that you run, not walk, away from America. But not to just any place. Yahweh has a place of safety set aside for his people. You should get your family to that place. Jeremiah 51, 45-48 My people, 
Go out of the midst of her and deliver every man his soul from the fierce anger of Yahweh. And lest your heart be faint and you fear for the rumor that shall be heard in the land. A rumor shall both come one year and after that in another year shall come a rumor in violence in the land ruler against ruler. Therefore behold the days come that I will do judgment upon the graven images of Babylon and her whole land shall be confounded and all her slain shall fall in the midst of her then the heaven and the earth and all that is therein shall sing for Babylon for the spoilers shall come to her from the north says Yahweh COVID China Obama and the election I now believe that President Donald Trump did not see the coronavirus coming. This is a retraction of my earlier speculation from last spring that Trump may have known it was coming. I don't think Trump knew about it, but Obama and Biden did. Remember that Biden used the virus threat against Trump politically, saying Trump was unqualified to handle it. Biden was implying in that statement that he was qualified. And why would Biden have been more qualified than Trump if this was a brand new thing? Because he had foreknowledge. With all of Obama's manipulation of Congress over the last four years and continuing to have his hands across the Pacific to China, Obama is complicit along with Biden in the release of COVID designed to stop Trump's election. This means that not only Biden committed genocide to do this election coup, but so is Obama in this game of who will be king of the earth. But that genocide by COVID didn't work. So another part of the Obama-Biden plan was to rig the election. They did to Trump what they accused Trump of in 2016. You know, allegations of Russian collusion, which they could never prove because there was no collusion, despite the fact that Russia's President Putin much preferred Trump over Biden because of Obama's having messed with Russia and used China then to rig the 2020 election. Italy betrayed America. How does Obama's ties to China now bring Italy into the 2020 U.S. election rigging? Well, let's start with this headline. China, Italy celebrate 50 years of ties with their sights on space, trade, and the Olympics. 2020 was a year worthy of special commemoration in the history of the Sino-Italian relations, Chinese Foreign Minister says after talks with his Italian counterpart. Of course, the Italians and the Chinese are best buddies. They have the same agenda to take out the children of Jacob, we remnant Israelites, along with the religions of Jacob's descendants in Christianity and Judaism. Obama began pivoting the U.S. toward Maoist communism because, as I wrote in the Esau effect, Obama is a communist, but not just a communist. He is an Edomite communist. Here is the biblical and prophetic crux of all this. Yahweh warned us to take note of the color red. Esau is red. Edom, Esau's ancient southern Jordan territory at Mount Seir, is red. Russia is red. China is red. All of these modern red nations and Barack Obama wanted to be in partnerships, except that Obama did not want Russia's red Edomite style of Kabbalistic Marxism. And Russia stood in Obama's way of making good on his desire to get Esau's blessing back by ruling the Middle East from Jerusalem. Get it? 
The fight between Obama and Trump has deep spiritual roots, and both of them want Jerusalem. It's just that each one of them wants Jerusalem for different purposes. Obama wants to be the Edomite that rules from Yahweh's capital without Yahweh, and Trump wants to make Jerusalem the Jewish religious capital of the world. Maoist communism wants nothing to do with God, period. All religious people, Buddhists, Christians, Muslims, have no place in Maoist China. Obama is a Muslim, but he was willing to forget that in favor of making a partnership with non-religious China to split the world into his territory and China's, West and East. There is a bit of strain now between China and Italy. From an undisclosed location, witnesses are testifying about the satellite vote swap scheme perpetrated from the second floor of an office on Rome's Via Veneto. They have also pointed out increased activity between Italian government officials and the Chinese embassy. U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo warned the world as recently as September when he said that Chinese tech deals would compromise Italian citizens' privacy and, soon enough, the country's own sovereignty. Speculation is growing that the Chinese-backed moves against Prime Minister Conti are in part to silence any Italian cooperation in the investigation into Leonardo S.P.A.'s believed role in voter fraud related to the U.S. presidential election in 2020. The Italian government has failed to secure Leonardo's servers or make any arrests in the case, leaving it to brave whistleblowers to tell the story about the scheme. Chief among them is Arturo Della, a Leonardo contractor who has come forward to explain exactly how he switched the votes, saying he downloaded them from Dominion's CIA-protected servers in Frankfurt, made the switches in favor of Biden, and uploaded them back, all via Leonardo's military satellites. Arturo Dello, the former employee of the eighth largest defense contractor in the world, Leonardo SPA, which is partially owned by the Italian government, testified about the scheme that proved successful in using Leonardo computer systems and military satellites located in Pescara, Italy, to help Dominion steal the U.S. election for Joseph Biden. He explained how recent reports of a hack at Leonardo were orchestrated to cover their tracks. The news connects the dots between Eric Coomer's actions for Dominion voting systems in the U.S., the CIA raid in Frankfurt, Germany to protect Dominion's servers and destroy the evidence of election fraud and now the actions at Leonardo in Italy. It even ropes in the deep state in the U.S. government. According to the Federal Inquirer, the U.S. government has awarded $1 billion in contracts to Leonardo SPA in the last year. In a press release, Nations in Action, a government transparency organization partnering with the Institute of Good Governance, stated This is a long-awaited proof that a flawless plot to take down America was executed with extraordinary resources and global involvement. Americans and election officials now have proof that the election was indeed stolen. This provides the mechanism for each state to recall their slate of electors immediately or face lawsuits and request all federal government agencies to lock down all internal communications, equipment, and documentation from the Rome Embassy. Make no mistake, this is a coup d'etat that we will stop in the name of justice and free and fair elections, stated Maria Strollo-Zak, chairman of Nations in Action, before January 6th. 
Her prediction did not come to pass, but her statement tells the tale. Under China's takeover America, China purchased America. China owns American cities, states, mineral resources, water, and American companies have been sold to China. Companies like General Dynamics, one of the biggest U.S. military contractors, the sale of which has been stopped thus far. They own our food, medicine, and now our intellectual property, technology, and media. China. Owns America. Make no mistake about it. One example of a sale during the Obama years was Genworth Financial. This article, titled Four Years and Counting: The Epic China-U.S. Takeover," says, "When China Oceanwide first agreed to buy U.S.-based Genworth Financial." Barack Obama was still president. The idea behind the deal was to give China Oceanwide a platform for global expansion and expertise it could bring back home. A gift to China from Barack Obama. So, what about the rise of Mystery Babylon that I've been talking about for a very long time? It was Trump's pivot toward Jerusalem and trying to reinstate the Reagan era's American exceptionalism that got in the way of Obama. And I have repeatedly said since Trump took office that he was there to do Yahweh's will, which was to put America, Israel's sister nation, at the helm of raising Jerusalem up. To become Mystery Babylon, with Trump gone from office and Maoist communism taking hold, two things can happen. Number one, Jerusalem can continue to rise as Mystery Babylon, and number two, America and her Western allies have been maneuvered into position to be punished by Yahweh for their sins. How can Jerusalem rise as Mystery Babylon? You ask. The last four years has not only seen Jerusalem create a closer relationship with America, but also with China. Here are some headlines you need to understand: how China, being in control of both America and Jerusalem, has been orchestrated by Yahweh to continue moving the world into tribulation, so he can, once and for all, get the Egypt and Babylon out of his people by punishing them one last time. First, China owns Israel's new Haifa shipping port. Oh yeah, Trump has been trying to loosen the close economic ties between Israel and China. The chances of success of an American maneuver to turn back the port's handover to the Chinese are slim. All signs are that the new port project has passed the point of no return. It is no longer a strategic chess piece in a game play between two superpowers, but an existing fact—a new deep-water harbor that, in just a few months, will be Israel's largest container terminal. Israel is becoming a bigger importer of all things Chinese. Israeli imports from China rose by. 12.3 percent in the first 11 months of 2020, despite the COVID-19 pandemic. Imports will be very important to Mystery Babylon, according to Revelation 18:11 to 13. China and Iran are now economic and military partners, and China is one of the plus two of Iran's four-nation coalition. Russia is the other party in the plus two, and Russia and China are now in a defense agreement. In fact, China made both of these agreements in 2020. Isn't that interesting? 
It seems China was anticipating its rise to global hegemony, including taking over Jerusalem from where these ancient Canaanite Chinese people, these Sino people, think they're going to rule and reign. Here is Haaretz. As in Israel enters a new era in its relations with the Middle East following the Abraham Accords and with a new president entering the White House, there is another critical element that Israeli policymakers should not overlook. China. China's rapid ascent to superpower stature means Israel must improve its understanding of China's aspirations and policies and weigh the challenges and opportunities its growing presence present. Long-term policies will help Israel better prepare for the future, one that seems to point increasingly to the east. Beijing's Middle East policy was relatively narrow in scope until 2010. Oh, by the way, that's the Obama era. That has changed considerably over the last decade, especially in the aftermath of the Arab Spring. China has positioned itself as the largest investor in the Middle East now, the largest trading partner of the Arab League, and a reliable partner especially for countries rich in resources. China had a subdued response to Israel's normalization accords with Gulf states and is still coming to terms with their implications for its regional interests. The Red Chinese, Red Russians, and Red Edomite Iranians all believe they will rule the world from Jerusalem. But before they get that far, they will have to meet Yeshua in the Jezreel Valley. Between then and now, a lot of things will happen. It could be that Donald Trump has accomplished all that he was supposed to accomplish, including putting Jerusalem in the limelight, bringing the sins of America to light, and starting a world war between the Maoist left and the Marxist right. But if Trump makes a surprise move in the near future and takes back the White House, Jerusalem will still continue to rise as Mystery Babylon. Jerusalem, Mystery Babylon, has been unleashed now. There is no stopping Yahweh's plans to finish with his people and take back the earth, putting it under his feet as his footstool. Trump's Tuesday night speech was a disappointment to those expecting him to make the big announcement that he invoked the Insurrection Act of 1805. Speaking from the Texas border wall section at Alamo seemed symbolic of a war announcement, but no such announcement was made. Instead, Trump spoke of his achievement in getting the wall built and congratulated the Border Patrol for their hard work and mentioned how the wall has even served to stop the spread of COVID from Mexico, whose numbers continue to rise as travel to Mexico has now been opened up. The president's demeanor was hard to read. Was he subdued because of sadness over having to admit to himself his loss, even though he has not openly admitted it publicly, or was he subdued because he has one more play up his sleeve? It may be that he has made peace with the fact that his right to serve another term in the White House was stolen from him enough to let a peaceful transition take place. Mitch McConnell has decided the Senate will not hear the case for impeachment before January 19th, leaving open the possibility of impeaching Trump after Biden is sworn in. Let's not rule out that Trump has another play before this is all over. But know that either way, Yahweh is taking America down. As the leader of the western nations where Jacob's descendants from all twelve tribes are scattered, America must fall. This must happen so Yeshua can return to rule and reign from Jerusalem as biblical Israel's rightful king and God. 
that's it for this Beast Watch News update. This is Kimberly Rogers Brown signing off. Click over to BeastWatchNews.com for full comprehensive coverage of all the headlines fulfilling end of days Bible prophecy.